I think you're really going to like this episode of STEM, Insider Tips for Greenhouse Pros. I'm Bill Calkins, and our guest today is not really a guest. It's your host, me. I'm in marketing at Ball Seed, wearing two hats as I lead the marketing efforts for the North American Distribution Company and also manage our independent garden center business. This means I have the opportunity to not only interact daily with more than 60 sales professionals who work with thousands of greenhouse growers, but also with retailers of all shapes and sizes. One of my roles is to identify and share trends in the market, from new plants to consumer behavior. Basically, I wake up every morning with the goal of helping greenhouses and garden centers not only remain relevant with today's shopper, but expand and grow, selling the amazing products our industry produces. My goal this episode is to help you, as growers, retailers, and landscapers, make sense of all the different groups of people purchasing our products today. I also want to share ways to attract and retain some who might be on the fence about whether or not our industry is relevant to their busy lives. And I'm going to do this by digging into a current marketing buzzword that I feel is extremely applicable to our current consumer audience. Tribes. Like-minded groups with similar interests. Hopefully you enjoy this episode. It's going to be a lot of me talking. If not, have no fear because next episode we'll be back to a real guest, a true expert. But first, Connect Four, where we take a look at four recent news stories lining up to support one key industry topic. It's a Monday afternoon in early spring, and although the weather is cold, like 35 degrees cold where I sit, California Spring Trials begins later this week, and this Midwestern gardener has spring fever. So I'm going to talk flowers and plants, specifically four categories that I see characterizing many of the new varieties that will hit the market for greenhouse growers this year, 2019 new introductions. Being marketing manager for Ball Seed and very involved with not only the Ball Horticultural Spring Trials location, but also looking up and down the coast for the best new varieties to add to the Ball Seed portfolio for the coming years, I've identified four buckets that the majority of the hundreds of new introductions for 2019 will fall into. There's a pun in there if you listen carefully. The first bucket or category is tropical blooms. From basket begonias to cannas to mandevilla and diplodenia, we've seen this trend growing for a few years now. Garden centers are expanding tropicals departments every year and seeing positive consumer reactions. At Ball Seed, we're partnering with more and more tropicals breeders and introducers and building relationships with suppliers in warm climates to make as many different collections as possible available to growers throughout North America. Keep your eyes open for new breeding coming to North America from around the globe and think decoration not hardiness. Homeowners in northern climates are driving this trend, and most of the products are ending up on patios, decks, around pools, and hanging from hooks on porches, not being planted in the ground. Next, products for shoulder seasons, especially fall. A few years ago, Ball Flora Plant introduced a collection of combos they called season extenders, and I saw it generate a ton of interest with retailers touring spring trials and looking at displays at industry trade shows. Then I started seeing a lot of introductions for fall being promoted specifically to drive business beyond key spring weeks. Many other breeders and plant introduction companies are promoting products for shoulder seasons as well. I'm not saying that trying to sell products outside of our core season is a new thing, but I would like to call out the fact that breeding is being done to create plants for early spring and fall, not just positioning. This includes summer as well. 
Greg Souls talked a lot about this related to perennials in a past episode that I'll link in the show notes. Check it out. And beyond perennials, cool season annuals are being introduced, and also traditional spring annuals that used to go out of bloom in hotter months are being bred for heat tolerance. And the fall mix is expanding beyond mums and pansies to include a much wider palette of options thanks to new breeding and production regimes. Build your shoulder season business and sales programs and the sales with consumers will follow. Another of the four categories I see driving new intros as we hear that we hear about during and after spring trials is plants being introduced to fill backyard habitats and commercial habitat installations. If a plant is a pollinator, it's finally being called out and positioned as such. This is fantastic because over the past few years I've talked to so many growers and retailers trying to put together programs but having to do a lot of googling and background work to develop lists. And frankly, they didn't have the time, and quite often this dropped to the bottom or off the priority list, and the programs were not built. But it seems like since the Bee Dance Biddens was introduced three or four years ago, breeders have realized that they can really help growers by not only naming plants in a way that calls out pollinators, but also including pollinator-attracting verbiage in plant descriptions. Read up on the new intros for 2019, and I assure you, it'll be much easier to position plants on your wholesale pollinators list. The final chip in our game of Spring Fever Connect 4 is landscape plants. I think the 10-year-plus trend in container gardening and combo recipes sort of overshadowed the introduction of annual and even perennial plants for home and commercial landscapes. We sort of forgot that petunias are phenomenal in the ground, and the same can be said for other classes. But seeing new breeding coming to market in Lantana, Verbena, Geraniums, Begonias, all specifically bred for landscape performance, is bringing the spotlight back to the ground. Remember the very first episode of STEM, when Dr. Marvin Miller talked about drama in the garden and how to create stunning beds using jumbo packs? If not, check the show notes for a link. Oh wait, wait, I forgot vegetative coleus. All of these new intros grow fast and stand up to environmental stresses much better than ever before. Encouraging your customers to promote some of these top new intros, and many more coming for 2019 and beyond, let's get back to digging in the dirt. Watch your favorite trade media, print, e-news, and video for 2018 California Spring Trials coverage and see if you agree with these four categories I just hit on. And now, let's talk about selling to different tribes. A new buzzword has entered the vocabulary of marketers lately, tribe. In fact, one of the most recent books I've read was titled Tribe of Mentors by Tim Ferriss, the guy who wrote The 4-Hour Workweek. In Tribe of Mentors, he taps into a large group of successful people and asks them all the same series of questions in an effort to share what are effectively best practices from high-performing people across many industries and fields of knowledge. That got me thinking about tribes as they relate to customer groups. I was having this discussion recently with a group of industry folks, and we all agreed that the term tribe was much more appropriate than boxing customers into certain generations or age groups. There are plenty of so-called millennials who shop like Xers, and Xers who shop like boomers, and even more shoppers, really, let's just call them people, who don't fit into these confined boxes at all. For example, pet lovers. This crosses all generations, like coffee lovers, sports nuts, swimmers, music junkies, and bookworms. You get what I'm saying. And yes, I just named some of my own tribes. And as I read more and more about the tribe mentality, it seems that the internet helps facilitate membership, 
by allowing people to band together in forums, groups, and more. We are all members of multiple tribes, but for this discussion, this episode, I'm going to talk about a few different tribes that are consuming our products these days. As growers, retailers, landscapers, however you fit into our industry, it's time that you think about these tribes and how we can make our products more relevant to them. I've got some ideas for you. Okay, STEM listeners, let's start by talking about a green wall. When I say green wall, I'm thinking specifically about something that came out of a study conducted a few years ago by American Hort called SHIFT. And this was a study that used a class from the Columbus Institute of Art and Design, so it was art and design students, to go out, visit garden centers across North America, and come back with some findings to hopefully help our industry see, I guess, through the eyes of a nonpartisan, non-horticultural group of people, how we look when we sell products. And the one thing that jumped out at me, and I, and I was part of an advisory group for this study, was this green wall concept. Basically, the professor who came to, to talk about some of the findings told us, it really looks like we're trying to sell everything to everyone. And he told us that, you know, our industry is pretty rare in trying to do this, that most industries have, have chunked things down and started really curating product for the different audiences that shop them but that our industry really looks like it tries to sell everything to everyone. It puts everything out in front of all customers and that this is sort of a recipe for failure. So what I left there thinking was we've got to differentiate, but thankfully we have the products to do it and services as well. Long time ago, I heard the legendary MSU professor Will Carlson say that our our industry has all the bullets for our gun We just need to take aim in a more logical way. And I always think about that, especially when we introduce, you know, hundreds and hundreds of new products every year, all these new programs, um, that we really do have all the tools that we need in our toolbox. It's just how we're using them to differentiate and maintain relevance. So I keep thinking back to this green wall all the time in an effort to avoid what it leads to and kind of move past this wall into a new era of relevance So what I'm going to talk about today, which is multiple tribes. So let's talk a little bit about some of these tribes. Now, I know there's some danger in painting a broad brush across groups of people, um, but I'm going to go ahead and, and just take that challenge in an effort to help you understand a little bit better how we need to segment out these customer groups and talk to them a little bit differently in an effort to avoid this green wall um, concept. So let's start with a tribe of people who live in condos, townhouses, high-rises, apartments, or whatever. Folks without much of a yard, if any yard at all. They could be young, urban, active. They could live downtown in a condo. They could be empty nesters who've downsized. Really, either way, they, they tend to be fairly trendy. They shop small, so they shop at city farm markets, locally owned shops, independent businesses. They shop online from, you know... Yeah, individuals, websites, things like that. But when it comes to plants, they really want small space, but big look plants to transform their balconies, patios, um, some of their living spaces, even inside of their uh, inside of their living spaces. Specifically, the plants that might appeal to this tribe include showy plants with a smaller footprint, you know, easy care, colorful tropicals. If they're into edibles, they've got to be healthy. 
So when you see these customers walking into your store, engage them, talk to them about their living space and don't assume that they're shopping to fill garden beds. You know, they might look like the, the typical customer with a single family home, but you know, at this point, maybe, they, maybe their kids have moved out and they've downsized, or maybe they just don't wanna you know, live the suburban life and they've moved back to the city. A few simple questions are gonna help you get to these specific needs and steer them toward the plants that fit their lifestyle. Of course, you know, point out your succulent indoor plant departments. Encourage this tribe to garden seasonally and change out their small space a few times every year by carving out departments in your store or in your wholesale offering if you're a grower for plants um, to kind of keep things fresh. We have the ability with you know, fresh grown plants in different seasons to, to do this. Make sure you offer large pots and the appropriate soil amendments and care products to help them succeed with porch growing veggies and herbs. I mean, obviously this is a huge trend. Um, you can make good money selling a, a large tomato plant with fruit on it with a tomato cage. And that's what these folks are going to look for. And then I think to help them, help this tribe and help them band together, consider creating Facebook groups, specific Pinterest pages, really targeting this tribe of shoppers so that they can share photos and share ideas. You know, like I said, they might be moving into a new stage of life and looking, looking at all different um, ideas and, and different ways to, to use their time and to use their space. It also could be, you know, young folks living in, uh, living in these townhouses, high rises and condos that are really starting to engage with our industry for the first time. So there's a lot of opportunities to sort of train uh, this tribe. Next tribe I want to address is certainly not part of one specific generation, like I mentioned before. Um, this crosses all ages, age groups, but they're really unique in their wants and needs. These folks live extremely eco-friendly and natural lifestyles. They could be self-sufficient and minimalist. This group of customers is all about reducing the impact they make on the earth. From the food they eat, to the furniture they buy, to the clothes they wear, to the restaurants they eat at, to the group of you know friends that they hang out with, this tribe does their research to be sure and make the absolute best decisions to fit their personal mission and goals. So. Consider products like drought-tolerant plants, pollinator attractors, things like that are definitely appropriate and welcomed. Help this tribe make sense of all your natural plant care and fertilizer products. I know you've got them. You know, you've stocked up on these products that shows throughout the years, expecting this customer base to come in and buy them up. You're probably seeing some traffic toward them, but unless you sort of identify the person, the shopper, and call out these products, they might miss it. But if you show it, show them that you have all of their needs covered in a healthy and sustainable way, they're going to appreciate that your store is also trying to make less of an impact. So remind them of these health and wellness benefits. Make sure they see that huge pollinator display you'd better be planning for this spring and summer. If you help these folks create a water-wise backyard habitat, they're going to come back year after year to make it better. You can also remind them that indoor plants clean the air in every living and workspace. Although they're probably already aware, Reminder's gonna show them you understand what makes them tick. And for gosh sakes, we are the original green industry. Our plants are more than pretty. Help them realize this, encourage this, and you're gonna find um, customers for life in this tribe. Next, let's talk a little bit about my own tribe. A group with young kids at home. And with that comes a house and some space to garden. What we don't have is free time. We probably don't self-identify as gardeners either. 
Although we're learning and trying to decorate our porches, patios, gardens, the way we decorate the inside of our houses, stylishly and sensibly. We're probably spending quite a bit of money on our kids, kids' activities, school, you know, all of those uh, extracurriculars that, that, that soak up a lot of the money for these, uh, these young families. But we also want to make sure our living spaces are beautiful. We're probably spending more time at home than we thought we would. Um, it's hard to take little kids out to dinner. Vacations cost twice as much when you've got additional two mouths to feed and, and put in a hotel room. So, you know, the, the classic staycation is definitely uh, in, in order with, um, with these young families. So, but remember, there's also kids running around. So the plants that might appeal to us are big and colorful, but also low maintenance and stylish. So flower-filled patio pots and baskets are probably a quick fix to brighten up the front of the house and also inspire smiles when we pull in the driveway from all of those activities. You know, point, point this tribe in the direction of impulse color, but also the perennials and low-care plants for garden beds because we're probably buying single-family homes, probably looking to fill space. Perennials always seem like a good value. Shrubs, flowering shrubs, anything that um, is going to look good without a ton of work. Your fresh vegetable plants is also probably a really appealing department um, because of our tribe reads any parenting blogs or magazines, which I guarantee they do. There's no doubt articles about how to build and fill raised beds for vegetable gardens to plant with the family and kids. You know, I've had plenty of uh, young, uh, young peers of mine with, with young kids talk about, you know, man, I don't, I don't think I want to garden with my kids. I garden to get away from my kids. Well, there's an element of that as well. But encouraging those vegetable gardens, those garden spaces, you know, digging out a new bed, beautifying the front or back of the home where you're spending a lot of time is probably going to pay off. So you've got to help this group be successful with these early projects so that as they gain more time, as we're going to talk about in a minute, and trans, you know, sort of transform into a different tribe of you know, folks with a little bit of time and older kids, you're going to have loyal customers. And with this tribe of young families comes the family. So you might only see all you know, four or five, six of them on Mother's Day weekend or at your fall festival, but whatever you can do to engage them and inspire them with impulse um, products, kids gardening classes, events, things like that, it's going to really make your store the go-to place when they need something for the yard. And this is where I'm going to encourage you to, you know, really take time to consider having fall festivals, seasonal festivals, seasonal events, um, whether you have a greenhouse or a garden center, you know, you have beautiful product, you have space. So why not invent, invite some uh, other businesses from the community to come out, join you um, at your location and create a, a festival whether it's in spring, fall, you know, around the holidays. It's really an opportunity to showcase your business, showcase the fact that you're a part of the community and give something for this, this tribe of young families to do. Um, they're not afraid to spend money on their kids and kids' activities. Those fall festivals can easily run a family of four, you know, 75 to $100, and that's without plants. Trust me, I know. Um, we do them almost every weekend in the fall. So it's really an opportunity to, to entertain and uh, really get the, these groups excited about your business and excited about their local community. Another tribe that I think is frequently forgotten by garden retailers and growers and landscapers, but certainly a potential customer base with plenty of disposable income, 
are business travelers. And believe me, they are quite a tribe. I see them in the airport. I hear them when I listen to other podcasts. These folks are sharing tips for everything from travel clothes to travel accessories, how to stay fit and healthy on the road, how to get better sleep in a hotel, um, how many airline miles they've accumulated, hotel points. And they're even more on the go than, than our youngest shoppers, but they, they fit the role of this business traveler, and with that comes a weekend entertainer. So help this tribe achieve success with products that are easy to install, easy care plants, combo decor, you know, low maintenance, any sort of irrigation systems, irrigation solutions you have um, is really going to appeal to this tribe. They look for st uh, stylish, trendy, small plants and dish gardens, for entertaining, for gift giving, and if they have a yard, which you will absolutely find out if you ask them, don't be afraid to talk to your customers and ask them about their lifestyle. A lot of times the, the thing with tribes is we're extremely proud of the tribe we belong to and we're excited to share it. Um, you know, you will find out pretty quickly if someone's a reader, if someone's a traveler, and then direct them to the perennial department for long-blooming, low-maintenance plants on the bench and annuals with big impact. And make sure you send them home with all the support products and information that they need to keep their plants alive. If your website has a great care section, make sure they have your web address. Um, they're probably on the computer all day long for work, so there's no doubt that they have time to pop over to your website and learn a little bit more about the products they just bought. If they buy products in other categories, they're going to go online to learn about them. They're going to watch YouTube videos on how to be most successful with them. So really engage this customer base. Um, tend to be highly educated. They want to have the most success with products. And then send them home with that information to keep the plants alive while they're away at meetings for the week. Okay, the next tribe, you know these guys really, really well. Um, I'll call them, just for the sake of discussion, the recently retired tribe. The good thing is they've shopped your store for years and years and years. You've watched their families grow up. But the danger is assuming that their lifestyle hasn't changed. So a lot of times with the kids grown up and out of the house, now they actually have the time to garden. Honestly, the reality is they have the time to travel and do all these things they've wanted to do for the past 20 years as well. But the best part is until they downsize, they still have a ton of space. They have plenty of garden beds to fill, big decks to decorate. They're going to decorate around the pool. And when they aren't traveling, they're entertaining, especially family and friends. They're experimenting in their yards with new varieties in the different classes that they know. But the difference is now they garden for fun, fitness, and front yard appeal. I like that, I, I, I like that line, I've got to admit. I probably read it somewhere, but fun, fitness, and front yard appeal, I had to repeat it. Feel free to steal it. Gardening is healthy and they know it. So definitely encourage this tribe to try out new lawn and garden projects and ideas to make these often used entertainment spaces even more inviting. Because when their families come to visit, they're going to be excited to show off what's new and in bloom. Trust me, they'll walk their families around the yard, showing them what's new, showing them what the deer ate or what the deer didn't eat, talking about their lawns. They're extremely proud of their living space. And don't forget to promote anything specifically geared for the holidays, because that's when these folks want their homes looking the best. We all go over to mom and dad's house. I'm speaking for the, the young families again. We all go over to mom and dad's house for the holidays and mom and dad really wanted to look their best. So I think that the benefit, again, like I said, with this tribe is you know them, they know you, 
they trust you, you've kind of been with them through all of the, their, their busy years. And now that they have time, they're going to look for, for you to, uh, to help them become better, better gardeners and to have a little bit more fun in their yards. So last, but far from least, are what I term the plant enthusiasts, plant nerds, garden geeks. I'm not trying to be mean. Trust me, I love this tribe. Some of my best friends are in this tribe. But these folks know more than most of your staff. Sometimes I actually think they're intimidating for many of your new staff and team members, but they're plant finders, they're versatile gardeners, and they absolutely love a challenge. So new and novel plants are definitely magnets for this tribe. And my suggestion, I guess, and I've said this before, and I really think it tends to work, is to enlist them. So you can hire them. Um, you can get them to help out with gardening classes. You can encourage them to post on your social media sites. But you can also share your new varieties and sample plants with them. So I know that um, you know, as, as growers and retailers, you probably get sample plants throughout the year. Um, maybe you put them in your own gardens. Maybe you put them back in the greenhouse and look at them from time to time. But you know, maybe this is an opportunity to leverage those new plant samples in a better way. Get them in the hands of um, folks that you know will give them the right care. You know, put them in the right place in the yard and then provide good and detailed feedback. So I think that that, that could be a way to, uh, to really work with this tribe. They're probably active on Facebook and Instagram. Um, a lot of gardeners are. So encourage them to share photos of their gardens. Post to your social media pages, like I said. Invite them to your events. You know, if you have a spring kickoff event, invite them. They're going to get everybody there excited. If you have, a, you know, if you have a, a, a contest for who can grow the largest tomato, make sure that this tribe is, is involved because, again, they're going to tell the stories that get other people excited. And then also a, a good trick would be to partner them up when you see them in the store with younger, less experienced customers because, you know, I think certainly with the younger set, I, I've heard it said, and I know it's true, our respect skips a generation, so we learn a little bit more from our grandparents, or we listen a little bit more than we do to our own parents. It's true. Um, so if you have these experienced older gardeners in this, this master gardener tribe, you know, partner them up with some of the younger or less experienced, that, that new couple who comes in with, you know, with question marks in their eyes, and send them off with empty carts, big carts, and they're going to fill them up. Uh, maybe this tribe's your secret weapon to engage these reluctant gardeners or these new, um, new homeowners who come in and really don't have a clue. We really want to attract them. We want to get them excited. We know that it's not a good route to, to really push product on them, really do the hard sale, but maybe partnering them up with this uh, Garden Geek tribe is, is a good uh, strategy to, to gain those sales. So I know that there's countless more tribes, countless, and I, I really do mean infinite because tribes tend to self-identify and this makes their number, you know, truly endless. And people are members of many tribes each. I, I was thinking, and I can probably name at least five I find myself engaged in on a daily basis. You know, at least three that I'm solidly involved in every day and, and like I said, probably up to five. Um, there is danger in doing what I just did uh, for the last... 18 or 19 minutes and painting a broad brush um, uh, over groups of living, breathing human beings. But like I said at the beginning, my goal is to help you think about the many customer groups you serve as growers, retailers, landscapers, educators, garden communicators. Incidentally, these are your professional tribes. 
you know, I certainly know that growers uh, feel a part of a tribe. All you have to do is go to big industry trade shows and, you know, sit sit uh, wherever they gather and you hear industry jargon, you hear common shared stories. You know, we're all part of a tribe, especially with our uh, professional lives. And so if we engage uh, these customer groups on a daily basis in an effort to really start thinking about them differently, I think that there's only, only good things will happen. And consider the tribes that you sell to. What is it that really makes them tick or gets them excited? When you identify a tribe or, or a, a collection of tribes, start communicating with them. You can communicate in person, um, via social media, by carving out products in your store, or by carving out products on your, on your product list of your wholesale uh, operation, and all sorts of different forms of messaging. Appealing to these different tribes is probably going to be one of the tickets to increasing sales or positioning your business on the cutting edge. So I think that, you know, in, in looking back and thinking about the different tribes that we talked about, if we were to, you know, set up individual selling spaces for all these different groups, we're going to really go a long way in bringing down that green wall and, and not requiring our customers to make sense of a very confusing product mix that we offer and really start to curate better experiences for the tribes we serve. So I hope you join me in thinking about our customers a little bit differently, in considering this, this marketing buzzword I brought up of, of tribes and uh, really moving past the way we've sold products and positioned products in the past so that we can break down that, that green wall and really make our products more relevant to, uh, to all the customer groups that are walking in and looking for our products right now. Like I, rec- like I referenced earlier, we have the, the tools in our toolbox. We have beautiful, amazing products. We're extremely lucky to sell. We have products that make everybody smile. Let's, uh, let's go out and, and put the products in front of them in, in a way that, that makes sense. Thanks so much for listening to STEM, insider tips for greenhouse pros. I'm Bill Calkin, and you can always reach me by email at bcalkins at ballhort.com. B-C-A-L. K-I-N-S at ballhort, B-A-L-L-H-O-R-T dot com, or on Twitter at Bill Calkins. Be sure to follow Ball Seed on LinkedIn for tons of B2B content related to STEM topics, timely technical tips, and more. And check out the show notes for links to even more content related to this episode. Let's end this episode with a quote from one of my marketing gurus, author Seth Godin, that defines our episode topic and positions the tribe concept so we can go out and work this angle. You can find Seth's TED Talk, The Tribes We Lead, on YouTube and hear his theory that the internet has ended the era of mass marketing. A tribe is a group of people connected to one another, connected to a leader, and connected to an idea. For millions of years, human beings have been a part of one tribe or another. A group needs only two things to be a tribe, a shared interest and a way to communicate.